Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by David Allen, once again, our new co-host to, to bring us great, fun information. Let everybody know you're here. Hey guys, how's everybody doing? I know some <laughs> folks uh, enjoyed me calling myself the fun one last week, so the fun one is back, and let's see what we can do on this Saturday morning. Yeah, uh, we're going to start off with our opening discussion, which is uh, about Google paying Activision Blizzard King $360 million to not build a rival app store. So uh, that's in- interesting news. Uh, I will get into the details, and then you and I can have a back and forth on our opinions on it, uh, just so we have everyone educated. Microsoft's head of Xbox, uh, Phil Spencer, may soon be updating his boilerplate talking points regarding maintaining previous contract obligations to accommodate a deal between Google and Activision Blizzard. You know, he's been out there saying like, hey, you know, whatever Sony wants, we will abide by, you know, just so that, you know, the regulators are for back. It looks like he may need to add to that uh, because in court filings revealed that back in January, 2020, Google struck a three-year deal with Activision Blizzard King, ABK. So uh, that is a sub-business within Activision Blizzard, uh, whole business, which is, uh, you know, all the stuff that Candy Crush and all those kind of things. It's under the King brand uh, business, so. Uh, in which it uh, agreed to pay the latter an impressive $360 million to not create its own competing app store. Or, or at least uh, that's what the Epic Games lawsuit alleges. This news comes as Microsoft has recently stated its intent to create a next-generation game store which operates across a range of devices, including mobile, as part of its acquisition for ABK. The remarks are part of a recent filing that the UK Competitions and Markets Authority uh, discovered in which Microsoft also said that it sought to shift customers, uh, consumers away from the Google Play Store and Apple App Store with King's mobile IPs, which include the likes of Candy Crush Saga, uh, not to mention Activision's Call of Duty mobile offerings. Uh, Microsoft would have a considerable leverage to do so if everything kind of goes in their favor, um, barring this, this uh, regulation or getting over the hurdle of regulation. Uh, presuming Microsoft can clear all of its necessary acquisition hurdles by its intended deadline, the new Microsoft Activision Blizzard King business will be outside of its contract window because uh, this, again, it's a deal in 2020. It's supposed to be for three years uh, with Google and free to pursue its own alternative uh, alternative to the Play Store. The question now becomes whether or not Google is willing to or even can pay Microsoft to saddle its ambitions for another few years. Epic Games' anti-competitive suits have become a gaming news treasure trove of behind the scenes deals and backroom negotiations. Uh, and while not, you know, they haven't won a ton of these, you know, deals and epic proportions, they are setting um, kind of a, a transparency foundation for mobile gaming going forward. What are your thoughts, David? Well, I think, first of all, I've always said, I think there's a lot of these backroom deals that go on in the business, whether it be gaming or software or whatnot but to me i think it's a little bit of a dirty move i mean that's it i know microsoft has mentioned in some of these speeches that they give about wanting to possibly one day have a gaming store where everybody goes and everybody participates but i think this kind of goes against that a little bit don't you well it's interesting i think it's Quite the opposite. I think because they knew about this. I, I don't know if they found this in Discovery uh, back in last November. And this is part of why they're saying they want to create their own app store because they know they'll be with outside of the contract. They don't have to abide by this three-year negotiation deal that they have. It's shady on Google's part, definitely. Uh, I agree with you there. Uh, you know, paying Activision to be like, hey, don't compete against us with Candy Crush because 
it could take business away. And you know, Activision saying, "All right, sure, no problem." Three hundred fifty. I mean, it's kind of a low ball. Three hundred sixty million to not to not create our own store. Fine, you keep going. It seems that Microsoft is now saying, as soon as we're out of this deal, we're going to create that store. We're going to give players, gamers, more options outside of just um, the Google Play Store and, and and Apple's App Store, and we're going to give developers, studios, publishers, uh, another means of monetization instead of just the duopoly. Again, that's what I'm taking it. Maybe I am being naive and giving Microsoft the minute for the doubt, but it seems like that's what they're trying to do once they get out of this deal. That may be what they're trying to do. And, and maybe I'm the one reading it wrong, but it kind of goes back to the whole payment thing that we had with Apple and Google a while back. And they were saying, well, you know, Apple's over here keeping things secret you know, they're collecting their percentage and, you know, they went to court and they did their thing. I'm kind of curious if or how a all-in-one gaming store would make it and you can get all of these big companies to play along and say, look, yes, you get your slice of pie, we get our slice, and whoever else is over here gets their slice. I think it's a good idea. I don't see it getting past regulators and making everybody happy because it's more than just microsoft involved in it well definitely and i I wonder if this is their their bid though to be like hey we're buying this company but we're going to expand like right now again there's the duopoly there's apple and there's google if microsoft can pitch the uk and and other regulators around the world and in the us that if we buy this we will develop a third option for people we are we are adding competition to the marketplace versus you know, uh, shrinking it, saying like, oh, we'll just stick to the same paradigm. Again, uh, we will see how they do this going forward. I mean, they they still have huge hurdles right now to even just get past buying Activision Blizzard beyond making any sort of kind of arrangements beyond that purchase time. Uh, we also don't know when the deal is officially over. Like Microsoft has uh, wanted the deadline for this acquisition to be, um, what is that, uh, 2023 summer? We know that the deal lasts three years. It could be the end of December before they're out of the the window to kind of do their own thing. So uh, we will keep an eye on it. Uh, We will uh, let you guys know about any other kind of information that comes out of uh, this filing, uh, this anti-competitive filing that involves Activision Blizzard and Microsoft's potentiality for that. But now we're going to jump into some headlines and uh, we'll let you start with the fun stuff. Uh, We'll give one fun, one boring, one fun, one boring. All right, Mr. Fun Me is going to start with, let's see, what we have. We have the Xbox Series S is down to $249 for the holidays. That is $50 off of the original $299. And I got to say, that that's a heck of a deal. That gets you a console that is capable of 120 frames per second. I know for the big gamers out there, those FPS are very important. And sometimes they're more important than the resolution itself you know uh, the xbox series s is not designed to be the full 4k it's kind of the entry model into the next generation gaming and we also have the controllers are 30 dollars off excuse me they're 20 dollars off my mistake so you can pick up a xbox controller for 20 dollars off they're 39.99 and so far i have found these deals in the microsoft store and i've also seen them at best buy and i've also seen a few instances of gamestop honoring the deal as well so you can jump out 
put that on your Christmas list, your wish list. And if you're needing an upgrade, now's the time to do it. If you're just getting into the gaming Xbox community, welcome aboard. Great time to join in. Yeah, we noted that uh, I think Sasha Nadella was mentioning uh, that the overwhelming uh, purchases for next generation Xbox consoles happen to be the S. Uh, I am also in the market for an S because I got tired of waiting for an X. Uh, it's much expensive, and I do a lot more cloud gaming. So, uh, and my Xbox One is on its last leg. It makes weird noises and mm-hmm. kind of shuts off by itself. So, uh, I may jump in on this deal. Uh, moving on, I'm going to give us sort of a boring one. I think it's interesting. Uh, hopefully, we have a niche audience out there that follows me and uh, thinks this is also interesting. But Microsoft is adding sign language view to Teams. Uh, in addition to 40 spoken languages, Microsoft just added support for sign language view uh, for its Microsoft platform or Teams platform, which is yet another small convenience users can point to when they're trying to convince their colleagues that Teams doesn't suck. So when you're like, Teams suck, you'll be like, hey, guess what? We can add sign language support and we can all see each other uh, for people who uh, have uh, who are um, hearing impaired. While it's only in public preview, the new sign language view will let users prioritize up to two other participant videos uh, that they so that they can stay uh, visible and get in consistent locations throughout the uh, meeting. So you can uh, have basically three windows open uh, and two of them will be dedicated to interpreters or uh, people who uh, are um, speaking. Uh, in practice, this will allow hearing impaired participants to see interpreters and other signers video feeds while keeping a prominent eye on the rest of the meeting. Uh, acting uh, as a dynamic picture-in-picture, picture, sign language view will shift in size to accommodate content sharing during meetings. So you don't have to mess around with windows and move things around if, say, in the middle of the presentation, someone starts uh, showing their slide deck or something like that. It will dynamically resize and put the presenters down at the bottom or something like that. Um, Microsoft plans for sign language view to hit broader availability in the coming weeks. I think it's a great idea. Uh, again, like I said, it's just another cool thing to have for Teams. I think it's a fantastic idea. That's kind of accessibility is kind of something that hits home for me personally. And not only is this sign language thing very important, I, I know myself there are some deaf and hard of hearing folks that have had to do the work from home stuff during the pandemic and they have really struggled just to communicate with their colleagues and I know we mainly do Microsoft news I've not heard of Zoom or any of the others necessarily doing this yet I'm sure they will but I'm glad to see this and I'm glad to see things becoming more accessible for those that need it ditto what do you got for us in the fun section let's see what do we have in the fun section up We have another update for Xbox here. We've got the November update came out and for gamers, this is a big deal. For those that don't know, a lot of gamers use Discord, which is kind of like a voice chat type service that allows you to interface very well with PC gamers. And now you can launch those Discord conversations without having to use your cell phone. You could do it before, but you had to use your cell phone to make the link happen between the Discord app and your Xbox. So you can do that now right from your parties and chat and kind of piggybacking on what we were just talking about. You can now do gifting from your Xbox and you can set up a wish list and let your friends, your family know, hey, 
these are the titles that I want. These are the consoles and accessories that I want and have those sent out to your family and friends. And I know for parents out there shopping for video games that don't necessarily know what to get their kid, been in that situation myself, it's nice to just have that wish list there, just be able to go down that list and check it out and make sure you get what the gamer in your family is wanting. And we've got one more imported item, or at least was important to me for the November update, is a better captures app. And basically what that allows you to do is now you can directly stream for all you streamers out there. You can now directly stream from your Xbox to Twitch and other other gaming platforms to be able to stream, get online, have fun. And you can do that without having a capture card or necessarily the need for a third party PC, which also makes it easier for the younger generation whose parents are out there trying to help them stream and say, look, you know, my, my kid wants to get online. They want to play their Minecraft, their PUBG, and the parents don't know how. Now you can do that directly on the box. That makes life a lot easier for folks. Yeah, on that $250 box coming out this uh, Christmas. Uh, on the slower, more boring corporate side, Microsoft announced a supply chain, uh, new supply chain platform. Uh, the platform uh, factory is spitting out yet another platform catering to businesses looking to uh, optimize the supply chain. Uh, we probably could have used this about a year ago when the supply yes. chain came to a crashing halt, but um, Microsoft is here to make, I guess, make sure businesses don't suffer that again in the event that we have something uh, catastrophic happen like that in the future. Uh, Microsoft describes supply chain platform as a new platform that helps organizations maximize their existing supply chain investments with an open approach, bringing the best of Microsoft AI collaborations, low codes, low code security, and software as a service SaaS. Uh, applications to a composable platform. As part of the new uh, Microsoft supply chain platform, Microsoft is also announcing the preview of Microsoft supply chain center. They Microsoft sucks at tiling stuff. Uh, the supply chain center empowers customers to get started quickly with a ready-made command center that natively works uh, with existing supply chain data and applications. Microsoft has found yet another um, uh, another way to tie a platform back to its moneymaker, Azure, by allowing users to leverage Azure Dynamics, Microsoft Teams, and Power Platforms to create relevant visibility across the entire supply chain, create custom workflows, and low-code automated uh, solutions. If you're already part of Dynamic 365 Supply Chain Management, you automatically gain access to supply, supply Chain Center. The Supply Chain Center unpacks a ton of modules designed to enhance efficiency and effectiveness. Uh, among uh, them are other old uh, order management modules, supply and demand insight modules, and partners modules. So uh, get in there if you are having, or you find, you think there are ways to optimize your supply chain and just don't know how to capitalize on them, but you have a ton of Microsoft uh, platform properties already, especially like the Power uh, Automate systems uh, or software uh, services. Uh, and let us know if this is something that could help people in the future. And um, so, do you have anything on the fun section? Anything else? I don't have anything else fun, but I've got something <laughs> a little more serious. i got to be serious once in a while, you know? Okay. All right, here's what we got. We've got Microsoft has introduced a app called One Outlook. They started beta testing this back in September for the 
those on the beta channel and the Windows Insiders. And basically what it allows you to do here is have all of your email accounts in one platform. Now, before you get too excited, because this is something I've been wanting for a while, for now, it's just Microsoft 365 accounts, and they have recently added personal Microsoft accounts, or better known as MSA accounts, where you can combine the two together and have everything right in one open platform. Now, there's one catch to this. We had our editor, Kip, who has tried this. He tried this yesterday, and he had various issues getting the platform to move his personal account with his 365 business account. So there's still a few bugs there that they've got to work out. So if you jump in there and try it and it doesn't work, keep playing with it. Don't give up on it. We did have to try to, our editor had to try it a few times to get it to work, but he eventually got it to happen. Um, we did get some errors and some lockups and importing the accounts and whatnot. But I think when they get this platform done, it will be worth the effort. I know with all the email accounts out there, I've got three or four in different places and I'm sure Kareem does too. It would be nice to just be able to open one app, see everything there and go from there. I totally agree with you. Uh, I've been waiting on it. Um, Me too. Like I said, the, the, I guess, OG Outlook app is, you know, I've, I've, it's, it's been due for uh, visual refresh. It's also a bit heavy and resource intensive, uh, especially when it comes to uh, cache, uh, caching um, uh, attachments, things like that. You know, you, you go to like try and uh, open up resources and you see like what's taking up so much space and you're like, oh, email, but how do I differentiate between that? It seems like the, so far uh, that this, you know, web, web page app version is a little lighter when it comes to stuff like that so again less resources on your computer i think it's the right direction uh they just need to kind of you know get a little fire underneath them and get this going get this out hopefully you know by next year um, sooner than later very much so uh, i have one more boring thing uh we will end on a boring note but i will try to make it uh, I guess you really can't make this exciting, but I will give you the information and you can take with it however you want to. Microsoft has released a gender discrimination action plan. Uh, this is in uh, a follow-up to all of the controversy that happened last year, uh, also regarding Bill Gates, uh, just the plethora of sexual harassment and discrimination cases that Microsoft had, employees being disgruntled about their way of addressing this. Uh, so Microsoft, I believe last year, hired a firm, a law firm um, called Errant Fox Schiff LLP, uh, which helped them come up with a 50-page uh, action plan that looks to address the way the company addresses sexual harassment and discrimination complaints from current and former Microsoft employees. While Eric Fox LLP provides several suggestions and recommendations, we have to keep in mind that Microsoft's board had the final approval on what would be included in its new gender discrimination action plan and include the following things. It's a long list. Uh, I'm not gonna go over the entire thing, but I will give you some of the highlights that we wrote about, which are a comprehensive policy review, targeted policy revisions, broad, broadened awareness of legal rights, reinforcing policies with expanded training, uh, reconsideration processes uh, for people who have filed uh, or have on file complaints and how they, re, you know, Microsoft's gonna look at how they 
or addressing those. Investigation surveys, so you should ask more people, hey, are we doing a good job or not? Investigative processes, post-investigation action, employee experiences, leadership accountability, training, and above all uh, else, transparency. A lot of these reports, all of these surveys, things like that, will be made public uh, internally. Not, you know, they're just not going to blast it out to New York Times or anything like that. But Microsoft employees will be able to go in and say, you know, look at a, I guess, a discrimination board or a SharePoint version of discrimination complaints and see uh, what was filed. Uh, how it was dealt. Uh, I, I don't know. They may get uh, employee information as far as who the supervisors were, who the employees were, uh, when it took place, things like that. So people can kind of get an idea on, you know, what to expect when filing a complaint or uh, or having a justice complaint or defending one. I mean, you know, this isn't just a, a warehouse of people filing it. There are people who are saying, hey, I didn't mean to do this or I didn't see it this way or I didn't do it at all. Uh, so it works both ways. Uh, there's also the last parts are gender diversity and leadership. So they're looking to hire more women. Uh, they didn't say anything about LGBTQ or trans people in roles of leadership, but they just mentioned women for the time being. Uh, data and systems improvements on, you know, basically they're going to merge their, they have two separate systems that kind of uh, don't really talk well to each other as far as who files something and, you know, what the actions were afterwards. They're going to combine these two. Uh, so that they can save time on, you know, getting these complaints addressed versus like, you know, we filed it with with HR over here, but uh, legal never got around to it. So we, you know, just kind of put it on the back burner. That is their action plan uh, for 2022 and 2023 going forward. A lot of these deadlines are uh, for these reports that are supposed to happen by the end of this year. December 2022 is the targeted date. There are some HR legal stuff that we'll have to take place in 2023 by uh, early spring uh, at the latest. Uh, so uh, if you are a Microsoft employee, former Microsoft employee, you're planning to be a Microsoft employee or um, someone who deals with discrimination practices and lawsuits, just know that this is their new plan going forward. We'll see how this works. We have to give them time, uh, maybe a couple of years to see if they get the ball rolling and if they're heading in the right direction. Agreed. I, I think I'm glad to see this. Um... There's a lot of, and I know for some people, this is a, this can be a touchy and sensitive situation for some folks. And I'm just glad to see Microsoft taking a stance on this stuff and making it public what their stance is. I think more companies need to do that. And I think that the process needs to be as transparent as Microsoft mentions it to be here and I hope when it goes into practice it is this transparent and it's easy for companies to be able to evaluate these things evaluate them discreetly as well and employees feel comfortable relaying their concerns and the problems they've had and it can be done in a discreet manner so neither party is affected and the employee's not walking around going hey is my job impacted or is the next promotion that i'm up for impacted because i did this so i'm glad to see this and i hope we see more of this from companies in the future yeah um uh, we're going to end the podcast i do want to note one other thing maybe this is a fun thing for you guys for those of you who are hardware geeks uh, Android 12L is now in the original Surface Duo. I have a write-up. I have several write-ups about uh, the course of this uh, update hitting the devices. I had an issue. Go read about it. If you're suffering from, uh, I believe it's a packed reset loop, uh, there are solutions uh, in that write-up, so go check it out. Uh, but yeah, if you uh, are an owner of an AT&T locked or unlocked uh, 
do original duo device you can go grab the update uh again proceed with caution that is the last bit of fun news so i will end with thank you for joining us this weekend i uh, hope you guys have a great weekend and a happy thanksgiving i don't believe we'll be having a pod um for next week so you can enjoy your turkey in silence without us we will be back the following week you have anything to say Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and I appreciate you guys sticking with us and sticking with us on a Saturday morning, and we will see you in a couple of weeks with more Microsoft news. Yeah, take care.